Welcome back to BACOA's Redefining Aging podcast. I am Matt Downing, BACOA's Communication and Client Care Manager and your host. And today I'm going to be talking to BACOA's Active Aging Programs Manager, Janine O'Leary, about combating the negative effects of social isolation on older adults through fun and engaging programs. A report from the National Academics of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine identified one quarter of adults over the age of 65 to be socially isolated. Social isolation and feelings of loneliness increase a person's risk for premature death, heart disease, and stroke. Social isolation is also associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, suicide, and a 50% increase in the risk of dementia. During our conversation, you'll hear Janine reference several BACOA programs, as well as our annual Dancing with the Barrington Stars fundraiser. For more information on how you can get involved with or support BACOA, visit www.bacoa.org. That's www.bacoa.org, or call our office at 847-381-5030. And now my conversation with Janine. So I'm here with Janine O'Leary, our Active Aging Program Manager at BACOA. I don't think I've ever asked you, so good way to start out a podcast. How did you get into the role, and then what do you see your role as an Active Aging Program Manager? Good question, Matt. <laughs> I actually came to this role in a roundabout way, is what I will say. I, I started off as a volunteer. I was in a meeting with friends and they were talking about this organization and the good things that it does and that people don't know about it and all this stuff. And they were working on fundraising things. And at that time, the development person here threw out this idea about this Dancing with the Stars thing. I got a little bit of Judy Garland in me, like, okay, let's put on a show. So I jumped right into the fundraising aspect. The good part was in that journey of fundraising over the past six years, I've really come to know BACOA and all that they really do have to offer. So about four and a half years ago, I came on staff as the program manager. So lucky me, I started about six months before COVID hit. Oh, so talk about uh, transitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learning a job on your feet and kind of developing something completely new and different from what you thought you were stepping into. Right. But I come from a background of education. So I was a special education teacher in my previous life. So a lot of the tools and techniques that I got from that is kind of what I apply to what I do now. Nice. And so we're talking about how active aging is a way to prevent social isolation in older adults. Studies show, you know, social isolation, especially in older adults, really has negative impacts on mental, physical health. How do you see active aging as a way to prevent social isolation? And maybe just talk about like some of the programs that you do that help provide that community for people that come to ACOA. Sure. For me, again, starting this job and then going into the pandemic, I really experienced, we all experienced firsthand how devastating it can be to be socially isolated. And it's interesting, like a lot of the literature goes back and forth between social isolation and loneliness. And the combination of the two is like the worst thing that can happen to you, kind of. Yeah. We who have a populace here of about, you know, they say about 28% of older adults live on their own. And that's really what I'm here for is to make sure that living on your own doesn't mean that you are by yourself and lonely. Yeah. So both that objective kind of social isolation thing as well as the subjective, I just feel lonely because you can be in a crowd of people and feel lonely. Right. So it's kind of I mean, the, the research is unbelievable. Like, I mean, as much as you can, you can study people throughout their lifespan, taking care of your social emotional health is 
what will carry you through physically. Like, it's unreal to me. Like they say, it's like by being isolated or being alone, it's like having 15 cigarettes a day. That's how devastating it is for your body. Yeah. 15 cigarettes a day is the same effect in terms of cognitive decline, in terms of like your blood pressure, your heart uh, health, like you name it, it's all connected. And it's that whole thing that we have to take care of kind of what we have upstairs and engage ourselves. And that's, and that's to me what active means. I think that's also a kind of a tricky term. Yeah. You know, initially you, I, I heard, okay, active programming. Okay, does this mean I got to get people to do calisthenics? We've got to be only are, addressing this, the gym every day? Yeah. <laughs> this physical need. Yeah. Well, you know, it's obviously so much more than that. Right. It's really just about connectedness and cohesiveness and community and kind of finding outlets to keep your brain and your life engaged. So that's kind of what my goals always are. So what I've been able to do, luckily I get a lot of freedom here and I get a lot of feedback from my participants, which I don't call them clients, I call them participants, because these are, if you're gonna be engaged, that you gotta be a part of this. It's not the Janine show, it is all of us in this together. But they give me a lot of feedback and ideas of things to do, so we do a little of everything. From taking walks, to my knitting and crocheting group, which really has just become a coffee clutch because people, <laughs> it's just a reason to get out of your house, sit with some friends and chat. So so that's kind of morphed over time. I, of course, have the standard bingo, which, you know, there's always people that love it and people that don't. And my Mondays are half full of people that want to play bingo and half that just show up for the meal. So that's even better. Like people kind of get to look at what I do as an a la carte menu. They find what fits for them, the days, the times, and the activities, and they can pick and choose amongst them. I really am trying these days to at least have one outing a month, because I think part of this social isolation problem is not only, you know, as you age, you might have diminished mobility issues, so it's hard for you to get out of your house, and transportation issues. A lot of my participants do not want to drive when it's dark. They don't want to drive a half hour to a new town and all that stuff, which is great. They understand their limitations and we provide them these opportunities that they don't have to miss out on museums and concerts and plays. There's those opportunities are still there for them. They just kind of have to fit it into their schedule while they're also taking care of their physical needs. (laughs) A little of everything. I know you had mentioned doing the COVID transition really early when you started. And I know some of that lingering So almost a positive effect is that we have a lot of virtual programs now. So not only transportation, but some people for health reasons or whatever, there's a lot of homebound older adults. So what kind of programs are we doing to give them access to that community in a virtual sense? What I will say is that we've tried to respond to our audience, right? So from the get-go, you know, at first, not knowing how do we attack this? I don't even, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know how to get on a media platform. Right. And so initially, when things kind of went south, I was doing a lot of tutorials, but that allowed me again to engage with my participants and taught them a new skill, which we all know that's great for brain development as well. And um, suddenly opened this like Pandora's box of this multitude of opportunities. And some of these things are still viable in this world where we can interact live. Um, I have 
certain people that still absolutely religiously do my online bingo on Tuesdays. I've had people from San Francisco and people from Colorado and people from Florida that still find their time to come and engage in this. And what's also kind of unique is it really is a social interaction. It's not, you know, everyone is not muted. Everyone puts their cameras on and we really do talk to each other. We know about each other's kids and lives and all that stuff. We've also done some virtual tours of things. We did a whole bunch of animal and nature programs from Lake Forest. No? Lake County Forest Lake Preserve. County Forest <laughs> Preserve. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Which actually kind of morphed into that we did a live event with them because they had done so many programs for us that we got a lot out of. Is that the one with the owls? Owl, yes, all the like, birds, oh God, so the cool. cranes, yeah. the butterflies, <laughs> the gardening. We also do chair yoga, which I still have a core group of people that when that's offered, step up. And I know I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of your participants. Uh, <laughs> you're all, from what I can tell, very, it's really a friend group. I mean, mm -hmm. it really is a lot of people who make connections that last even outside of the programs. Do you find that you have a lot of participants that are coming back to programs and doing multiple programs once they kind of get involved with BACOA? I feel like as soon as they figure out what number to call, Yes. <laughs> or who to contact, then again, it really gives them this smorgasbord of opportunities. And I would say it's very rare for me to meet someone and not meet them again, which is a wonderful thing. So they come, they, you know, they fall upon maybe the lunch bingo, they heard it's free, or they found a flyer for it at the library at a different event. And then they come and they're like, we had no idea this was going on. You know, that there are all these people. I have all these peers. Yes, they're still alive. They're still going. They're still interesting that I had no access to. But they just had to figure out the, the where and the whens to make it all happen. And it has been really nice seeing those relationships build to over time that, you know, that suddenly people are saving seats for their friend that's coming or a one person who doesn't drive at night her other friend does drive at night, so she'll take her to the theater stuff at the high school or one of our game days somewhere else. I will say, again, back to my little virtual people, as I like to call them, uh, that they now come to my large group celebrations and they sit together. Oh, so that, nice. you know, just when you think this computer stuff is not really bringing people together, it is. So it's, it's very rewarding in that sense. And we talk a lot about... Um just how rapidly our population is aging, but also a lot of older adults are still very active and thriving. And so do you feel like there's gonna be more needs for programs like yours across the country? Of like, how can we can continue to engage these older adults and bring them into our communities? Well, again, the joys of the boomers, right? Yes. <laughs> they, they, are, they are a large and powerful group and we would be remiss not to respond to that. Just like in every other facet of your life, people don't fit into a nice little neat box. Our interests are diverse. Our ability to experiment and do different things are equally as diverse. And whether we feel like we have the accessibility to do something also kind of, it all depends on the individual. So it's got to be a complete growth mindset for us here at BACOA, but nationwide, you know, as that population grows and grows and grows. And again, I, you know, I have, I'm lucky enough to interact with people that are 85 that are much fitter than I am. <laughs> and, you know, and so I think we have to hit every sphere in terms of engagement. So from the physical to the mental to 
I also have to be very cognizant of the stamina of the people that participate. So, yeah. you know, some museums, we're walking around for two hours. That's a long time for some people. Right. For other people, they could walk around all day. Yeah. So you have to kind of mix it up knowing that you're at least hitting every group. Are there any other challenges you wanted to talk about for older adults that are looking to stay active? Well, I would say the one thing is sometimes we all get lost in our own heads, right? And especially for someone who's living alone, which is 28 plus of the percentage of aging adults are at home alone, you kind of get lost in your own maintenance is what I'm going to say. So your self-care of, okay, I've got my cardiologists on Monday. I've got to go to my whatever doctor on Tuesday. Then I talk to my kids on Saturday. So there's certain parts that you're scheduling in your life that you might think, well, you know, I don't really, I do fine. I meet my people at the doctor's office and I talk to my kids, but that's not giving your life the full rounded picture. There's no reason to limit yourself as you age. There's no reason to not explore something new and try something new. And that includes people. So, you know, I see it in the body language of people that walk into something for the first time and you, you think, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a confident person, I can handle this, but I think there's always that hesitation. And to that, I would say, you gotta go for it. You know, life is short and we just gotta put ourselves out there. And the good part of what we do here at Bacoa is that you have this kind of collection of already, uh, you know, friends for that matter. So anyone who's a little bit nervous or hesitating, if they call me, I'm gonna find them, I'm gonna seek them out, I'm gonna sit them right next to someone that I know that they can get some kind of connection with so that it's a rewarding experience. Now, maybe you go to bingo and you lose, but I think you're gonna come out feeling like you won because of the people you've been around, the conversations you've had, and even if it's just a good shared laugh with other people, it's just so good for your mental and physical health. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, again, spoken to many participants who are very, very happy with the programs that we have and mostly because of that community and the friendships that they make. And I think you do such a great job of fostering that. And I think people really just enjoy spending time with you and each other, which is why I think they come back to our programs again and again. It's a very big community. There's a lot of people out there. And as long as we provide reasons for them to congregate and be together, it's gonna happen and it becomes very natural. And those relationships, they continue well beyond the confines of my little activity at the library or my little activity at like a South Barrington club or something like that. And they check on each other and they do things outside of the realm of things. And that's why in a sense, I'm a friendship matchmaker. And uh, <laughs> it's again, what could be a better thing to do? <laughs> yeah, it's a fun way to spend the day, yeah. <laughs> So I'm an older adult. I'm either in the Barrington area or Illinois or for our virtual programs. I'm really anywhere. How do I contact you? How do I learn about BACOA? What are my next steps to get involved? Depends on your preferred contact way, right? Yeah. So we are here. There are people answering the phones Monday through Friday till about 4.30. There is, my email is out there and absolutely I respond to email. Most of my participants have my cell phone number, <laughs> which makes it a little bit tricky when spam calls me because yeah. now if I see a number and I don't recognize it, I have to answer everything, right. <laughs> which is good in its own sense, but email, or stop by the office now that we're open here and yeah. people are allowed to visit again. Or be even daring and show up at an activity. If you show up, 
we're going to find a way to make it be a successful experience for you. Even if you just want to check it out, it's all good with us. And I think that you'll walk away from the experience thinking, hmm, maybe there is something out there for me. So it's, it's, it's all good. Awesome. I think that's all I have. So thank you for not only doing this, but for all the great programs that you do. Any final thoughts? Or... Uh, no, I, as I, when I see my people, I'm always like, I hope I see it something soon. See, even if it's not now, even if it's in three years, even if it's next month or with your daughter or your caregiver or whoever, we're here for you. We're here for everybody. And I look forward to that connection. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jean. Thank you. And that's our episode for today. Thank you so much to Janine. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for more updates on issues affecting older adults, families, and caregivers in our communities. To reach Bacoa, you can call our office Monday through Friday, 830 to 430 at 847-381-5030, or visit our website at www.bacoa.org. Thanks for listening.